This episode of Adulthood Made Easy is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel, an editorial assistant at realsimple.com and clueless 22-year-old, slowly figuring out how the adult world works week by week. Finding a place to live is a pretty important part of post-grad life, and it can be seriously overwhelming. Reading a lease, going on walkthroughs, finding a roommate, all of those things can drive a person crazy. I was lucky enough when I moved to the city to have one of those weird situations where my apartment came up without me having to put forth any effort, but that just means that when my lease is up in a few months, I'll have to start the apartment hunt on my own and in New York City, which I am not looking forward to. That's why I brought in Elise Glink, author of Buy, Close, Move In, and 100 Questions Every First Time Home Buyer Should Ask. She also hosts Real Estate Minute, a daily radio and web video series, and she's here today to give all of us some guidance on buying that first apartment. Hi, Elise. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Sure. How can I help? There's so much. I don't really know where to start. (laughs) I guess my first question is, when you're looking for your first apartment, can you do it on your own or do you need to get a realtor? So in most of the country, what people are going to do is they're going to look online on different apartment websites where there are lots of different apartments for rent that are listed. They may look on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. They may, for a very first apartment, go through their university. Their university may have placement offices if they're looking to rent in the place where they've been, or they can find possible connections through roommates. There are a whole bunch of roommate matching sites You may use a real estate agent who specializes in rentals. You know, real estate agents, the more time they spend with you, the less they make per hour. Okay. So real estate agents usually get paid a fee equal to one month's rent. So if you're renting a place for 800 bucks, divide that out over the number of hours the rental agent spends with you, and then you understand a little bit about how the economics work. Right. And that's why I think a lot of agents, bad agents, put a lot of pressure on, on people to rent as quickly as possible. And they, they say, here are five properties. Choose one. There's nothing else available. But there are always other properties available, and nobody should feel pressured by a real estate agent. But it's why I think you have to educate yourself before you even get to that place. I'm hoping that everybody has thought long and hard about where they're going to be working, because you need to have a job and how they're going to commute to and from their neighborhood of choice, what makes the neighborhood of choice the choice for you, right, the right Right. choice, and how do you think about what it is you want in a neighborhood and then what you want in the actual apartment to help narrow the search down. So those are all really good first steps to go through. And I think you bring up a good point thinking about when you're looking at an apartment, there's more to looking at it than just what's inside the actual building. You know, you have to think about the neighborhood and the commute. And I'm wondering if there are any other things that should definitely be on your checklist when you're coming up with your ideal apartment or your range of ideal apartments that you would be able to live in. I am so big about cost and Mm -hmm. expense. I think you should be renting it way below the level that you could afford to buy. One thing to think about is that if you're coming out of college, you may not have any credit. 
so many kids coming out of college don't really have credit cards, haven't had a utility payment or anything else. And so if you went to go and find out if you had a credit history, which is what every landlord is going to be looking for, you may not have one. And so thinking about that ahead of time is important because it may not be possible for you to rent without getting a co-signer or renting with somebody else who actually has a credit history in place. And so one thing you can do is go to a website called annualcreditreport.com, and you can ping each of the credit reporting bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, for free and see if they actually return a credit history for you. And if not, you may, as soon as you turn 21, want to try to get a credit card. You may want to sign up for a utility account. There are different places that will help you develop a credit history, even if you don't have traditional credit lines. And then the last thing to think about, just in terms of the apartment itself, is what amenities do you want in that apartment, and what are you willing or able to afford to pay for? By that, I mean Do you want a fancier place or that doesn't matter? Do you want lots of bells and whistles and amenities? Like, do you want a gym in the building? Do you want a clubhouse and a swimming pool? Do you want parking, attached parking, outdoor parking, covered parking, you know, depending on where you live in the country? Mm -hmm. All of those different things are going to be important. And then the last thing is to think about how noisy the apartment is. A lot of these newer buildings are built without great sound insulation. And if you're somebody who has trouble sleeping, if you can hear everything going on next door, Mm -hmm. you might want to think about how old the building is, how soundproof it is, and try to test that out ahead of time. I would love a swimming pool in an apartment building, but I don't think in New York that's going to be in my budget. (laughs) No, but if you were in Georgia or if you were in Los Angeles, that might absolutely be part of that. Right. Do you have any tips for the best times to look for an apartment? I know that sometimes when you need to move is constraining, but assuming maybe you could crash on a friend's couch for a few months if it meant that the market would be better, like when are the best times to be looking? You know, it's funny because you guys, whoever is new to this is generally coming out of school, so you're used to semesters. But in the real world, the grown-up world, when you have children, you're also thinking about semesters. So June is a time that many people buy and sell houses, try to close on them, or they rent for the fall. Starting in September, they want their kids to be in a school district. May, June is one time of year, but you also see October as being another time of year when a lot of leases come due parents want to be in place or they're moving before the start of the fall semester somewhere or taking a new job that starts in January 1st, they want to be in and and get acclimated. So depending on where you are in the country, you might see a lot of movement in May and and October, but you'll also see a lot of movement January 1st, July 1st. And then if you know when you want to move, like I know that I'd love to move to a city in October. How long before then do I need to start looking? Or if my lease is up in October, how long before then do I need to start looking for a new place? I think you probably want to look about two months ahead of time. Okay. Unless you live in a place like New York where it's really, really hard to find a place to live. Right. Or at least it's not hard to find a place to live if you have an unlimited budget. But if you have somewhat of a limited budget and you definitely want to live in, say, the Upper East Side, you may have to start looking far ahead of time. And when you start going on these walkthroughs, how many properties is it good to look at at once? I've heard of people who are looking at like 25 to 30 properties in one weekend, which just seems nuts to me. But then from that, they might only like two. Like what's a good number to be looking at? It all starts with how selective you're going to be. And I think you can do a lot of looking online so you get a sense of what's out there. Mm -hmm. And you help narrow down the neighborhood that you live on this block but not this block. And I think it's impossible to look at 25 
places in a weekend, whether you're buying or renting, and remember any of them enough, even right. if you document it with photos, it's really hard to remember all of them. So what I would do is first figure out what area you really want to live in, what price range, and I would start to look online at different kinds of units that are available in that area so that you really know where you're going and what your expectations should be. And then once you're really ready to pull the trigger, it's all going to depend on what comes on the market over the next month so that you can actually sign your lease and move in a month later. So the process is probably going to take you four or five months total, a month of active looking, and then a month to get ready to move. Let's say you find three places you want to look at. Can you take me through what a walkthrough would be like? What should you be looking for when you walk through an apartment? What red flags maybe should you be looking for? The first thing you want to do is really understand what you're getting with your lease. Okay. So I would be looking for is are utilities included or not? Are you paying your own HVAC or not? Are there any extra expenses like do you have to pay to store your bike, to rent a locker room? Be very cautious of restaurants on the first floor because of the likely infestation of bugs and cockroaches and mice and other unpleasantries. That's very true. I would look for evidence of leakage, recent water leaks, current water leaks, possible mold. So you're looking for brown spots and odd places on the walls and the ceilings, black, gooky stuff a bad smell in the apartment, a smell, if they've got candles lit everywhere, that's a really bad sign. You have to sort oh, of okay. wonder what that's covering up. Look at the basement, and I, even if there's no reason for you to go down there, just to see the mechanical systems and sure. how old they are, and I would be suspicious of a dank, dusky smell in the basement, a wet smell. I would look carefully around the windows, try to feel if air is coming through, okay. if the windows are old, if, are there screens, will they replace the screens, are there window treatments, what is the water pressure like, does the dishwasher work, does the air conditioning unit work. Right. I would try to test out as much of that stuff as you can when you go in so that you're really understanding whether the unit's in good shape or you're going to have all kinds of problems with it. Also, I'd ask... If you have problems, who are you supposed to call and how is that supposed to work? When we come back, I'll get in a little bit of trouble for not reading my lease more thoroughly. But first, a word from our sponsor, Squarespace. You already know that it's simple, it's beautiful, it has great 24-7 support, but something I think you'll really love is that you can create your own cover page. A lot of my friends, when they're just starting out, don't have enough for an entire multi-page website, but they have enough to get their brand out there, and Squarespace allows you to set up these beautiful one-page online presences in just minutes. You can start a trial with no credit card required, and you can start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code REALSIMPLE to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Real Simple. Squarespace, build it beautiful. You mentioned the lease, and the lease is scary because anytime I'm handed a big document to read, I skim over it or I don't know how to read it or I just kind of put it in a pile next to my window and assume that later I'll just figure it out. So when you're How re- does that work for you? <laughs> it does, So far, it hasn't caused a problem because... Can I just tell you? Yeah. It will. Yeah, so I'm Here's sure. what I tell everybody. <laughs> you sign a document, you are legally obliged to live by the terms of that agreement. Right. And you need to read that document 
in detail because you would be shocked at what they're going to be asking you to do and sign away. So putting it on the side for later is never a smart strategy. And when you're young, you need to get used to reading legal documents and asking questions if you don't understand what it means. And if there's something that you can't live with, you should ask them to change it. If they're asking for things that are really patently unfair, and you ask for something that's very fair and they say, absolutely not, we never change our lease, what are they going to be like when you come with a problem? Right. When your windows are leaking or your air conditioning stops working? Now, they're going to want to do a walkthrough of the unit, or you should ask for a walkthrough of the unit before you move your stuff in, and you should document what shape the apartment is in, and then when you move out, you should do a documentation process as well where they walk through with you and they agree that you've left the property in broom clean condition and it's been touched up and all the rest. I would ask about the expectations of moving out. Are there any fees to move in and move out? How far in advance do you have to reserve the elevator to move in and move out? Is there a copy of building rules that you can get before you sign the lease? So that if they tell you, yeah, you can have a dog and you try to move your 55-pound Mastiff in and they tell you, no, I'm sorry, only a 10-pound dog, you know that ahead of time. Before I let you go, since you are the real estate expert, I have four different amenities and I would love to hear the pros and cons of each of them so that when people are going through and looking, they know maybe which to pick or which to prefer. Sure. Central air versus window units for your first apartment. I love central air, but my first apartments and even the first house I moved into before we renovated it all had window units. So I've lived with both. I think central air is better. In New York, you almost never get central air. My sister lives in a very fancy apartment in the Upper West Side, and she has window units. So sometimes it's about where you live, and that's what you're going to get. But you can. it's easy to live with window units. It's doable. Totally doable. Listen, I hate to say this, but a lot of places around the country, they don't even have window units. Yeah. You will survive. (laughs) Okay. What about a gas stove versus an electric stove? Again, this is something that some buildings only have electric because they want you to pay the cost of that. And gas, they tend to provide, and you may, may or may not have a gas account. But if I had a choice, I would go with gas stove any day. Okay. Hardwood floors versus carpeted floors. So carpeted is quieter, and if you're in a building that's new construction and you have just a wood floor above you, or if, if, for example, you're in a really old building, like an old warehouse building that's been converted, Mm -hmm. you may enjoy that with the brick walls and and the wood ceiling, but it could be noisy as anything. So carpeting will generally be quieter, but it may not be clean. So if you have carpeting, I would ask them to clean it, steam clean it ahead of time before you move in. And then you have to take care of it. You actually have to vacuum it. Hardwood floors tend to be more beautiful. I really like them, but they can be mucked up as well and damaged easily. So if you have a pet, you may be worried about damaging a hardwood floor versus the carpet. So that's a personal choice. All good to think about. Very good things to think about. Yeah, you just want to think about the pros. Every single thing that you've mentioned so far has a pro and a con. The last thing, top floor, bottom floor, I would take top floor universally over the bottom floor, unless the roof leaks, in which case I'd rather be on the bottom (laughs) floor. But for security's sake, you tend to want a higher floor Mm -hmm. rather than a bottom floor, and a top floor is generally going to be quieter and have a better view. So usually that's the most expensive. But the security thing is really an issue, especially for women. I would not want a woman to be renting on a first floor in a major metropolitan area. Very good to know. 
Well, thank you so much for all of your advice. That was a ton of really good information. I have a lot to consider when I start looking for my first, I guess my second apartment, but my first apartment hunt in a few months. Well, you're very welcome. On my website, thinkglink.com, I have 14,000 more pages of information. Oh, my goodness. That you can dip into and search, and hopefully that will help people as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Elise. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Sam. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for joining me today for Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover next time, tweet them to me at Sam Zabel, and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our producer, Sarah Abdurrahman. And if you enjoyed the episode, please review and subscribe on iTunes, where you'll also find three more podcasts from the Real Simple team. And don't forget to buy a copy of the book that has all the answers, The Real Simple Guide to Real Life, which you can get wherever books are sold. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll have more answers next time.